1: Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus.
0: Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth and recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of you who are listening with us today. I'm very glad that you've joined us, and uh, thank you so much also for uh, liking our Spirit of Recovery page on Facebook. Thank you so much for letting me know uh, via email how it's going for you in your recovery walk and in your life, your spirituality, and I want to thank you for participating. Thank you for being a part of what we're doing here on Spirit of Recovery. And I want to also thank you for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community, your Unity community, your other spiritual communities, um, your family, know about us here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. And um, again, it's great to hear from you. It's great to know that the guests that I have here on this program are touching your heart, they're making a difference, they're opening your mind, they're opening you to the depths and the possibilities of what can happen for you in recovery as you keep growing spiritually. Every week, we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community with guests who are down to earth, knowledgeable, and innovative, people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people, and sometimes all of the above. And my guests are always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. I want you to know that you can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can listen live via your smartphone or your computer. Um, you can listen uh, by going to Stitcher.com and downloading their app and search for Spirit of Recovery. You can uh, Go to iTunes. If you have an Alexa enabled device, you can go uh, ask Alexa to play Unity Online Radio. And um, also, you can listen on demand. We got lots of great archive programs, lots of great podcasts. So you can go to unityonlineradio.org slash programs slash Spirit of Recovery and find a wonderful variety of uh, programs, great guests, people that are have, have a lot to say and a lot to share with you. I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is indeed a welcoming place so that if you're a person in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're the family member or friend of somebody that's got the disease of addiction um, or you're just curious about addiction and recovery or spirituality, you're welcome here. We're very glad that you're here. And um, I always want everybody to know that there are programs of recovery and there are lots of recovery resources for friends and family members. So uh, everybody can get in recovery. There's Mm -hmm. no... Restrictions. So, yeah, so uh, we're just glad that you're here and you're welcome to participate in our discussions. Um, again, I want you to know that if you like what you hear here and also the other great programs on Unity Online Radio, you can make a financial donation if you would like to do that to support this nonprofit station. Text Unity Radio 272727 from your smartphone and you can make a one time or an ongoing contribution. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I am a unity minister and also an addictions counselor, and also I'm a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And this month, 36 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development, and my walk continues to be an integration of unity and recovery principles, and that walk keeps me uh, transforming, it keeps me growing, it keeps me uh, growing in my relationship with my higher power and keeps up upping the quality of my life and I'm really grateful for that. So I am delighted and I'm grateful to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you, to bring you great guests and to hear what's happening for you in your recovery and your spirituality walk or wherever you are in your life. Today our topic is the 12-Step Path of Wisdom. And, uh, you know, there's a lot more to recovery than just staying sober or clean or being free of obsession with another person. If you are a family member or friend, that can be what happens. You get obsessed with other people and their behavior. Certainly all those things are the, the first part. That's what happens initially in recovery, and sometimes we cycle around and, and we certainly deal with those things again and there's a lot more to it. It really is a gateway. Recovery is a gateway to a rich uh, life, to a life that's filled with um, lots of good and fulfillment. That's uh, a, a path, an open door to spiritual development. And so the 12 steps of recovery really are a wisdom path to spiritual living. And my guest today uh, just knows a lot about that, and I'm really excited to have her. She is Reverend Dr. Jane Galloway, and she is a person who is in long-term recovery. She is an ordained minister, and she's also a highly successful stage and screen actor. And she has a book out that's just coming out. It's called The Gateways, The Wisdom of 12-Step Spirituality. And in this book, Jane presents the 12 steps squarely in the context of 21st century spirituality, With lots of breadth, with skill, with sensitivity, and also with practical actions that you can take. So she's really opening up the idea of spirituality and and a variety of things that uh, people in recovery can do. Uh, Probably anybody could do, really, to enhance your spiritual growth, to help you walk a a spiritual path. And these ideas will help readers of any faith or of none experience profound spiritual awakening. So Reverend Dr. Galloway um, today is going to be sharing her perspective on a new way of working the 12 steps that incorporates the full spectrum of spiritual practices that is available to us today today. And, um, you can learn more about her to go to www.janegalloway.com. and that's G-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y dot com i just tell you a little bit more about her. She's a visionary leader. She's a recovery educator. She's from California. Um, and she is also, she covers the country with her educational uh, endeavors and, and with all that she has to share. And she's really uh, working at uh, redefining what spiritual community means and helping us to understand some more about what it means to be in community. She has led communities in New York City and in Los Angeles, California. She's the founder of Tribe. That's T-R-I-B-E, which is an acronym for Transformation, Realization, Inspiration, Belonging, and Expression. And I know we'll learn a lot more about her today in the program. So, Jane, welcome to Spirit of Recovery.
2: Thank you so much, Anna. What a delight to listen to you uh, talk about these things. I it, these are I love the way you talk about all this stuff. Happy Good. to be with you today.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Really glad that you're here uh, Thanks. so much. Yes, thank you for your wealth of experience. So just to get started, would you share with us uh, a bit about how you got on the recovery path? What brought you into this world that we call recovery?
2: I will. I will. You know, I, I actually think I was, I, <laughs> I was kind of brought into the matrix of the 12 steps at birth because my father was in AA and was very, and this was not typical back in that day. I mean, so he had been sober four years when he married my mother, and he was sober until he died when I was 16. So I my dad loved AA. He was very gregarious and, and wonderful speaker and spoke a lot. Um, it, you know, the program was very different then, but... Uh, So I loved AA. I loved what it did in his life. He went from, you know, a person who was, when I was a little, little child, you know, had some pretty big anger issues into this kind of spiritual guru of of mine, and and really not just of mine, of many, but just a great guy, very, uh, you know, uh, salesman, international sales for Milton Bradley Company, you know, toys and games and teaching Mm -hmm. aids and stuff, and loved teaching people and talking to people. So I loved AA. It never occurred to me, and then my stepfather was a a Presbyterian minister, so I went half the year... (laughs) being a preacher's kid, and then I went to my father for the summer, who, you know, who um, really, you know, loved, had a very tactile and real relationship with God. Um, it was a lived spirituality, and he, you know, I used to say those, those people smoked and swore a lot, and I felt much more comfortable about God in my father's group than I did in some of the constrictions of um, a traditional Christianity, but... Anyway, I was around alcoholism, and I was around recovery through my dad as a child. But when I uh, finally, you know, entered my own recovery was, you know, years later, and I had, frankly, no clue that this was going to be my path, too. Uh, but, you know, as with uh, addictions, you know, they kind of creep up on us, and denial is a great part of keeping us from quite recognizing what's going on. So I uh, I talk about it in the book. I, there's only one chapter in the book where I tell my story, and I think it's kind of important uh, when we write about this stuff for people to ground us or to anchor us in, in our own experience, you know, in knowing what our story is. So. Uh, but you know, people have said, "Oh, your 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 story is so compelling." Well, my story is only one chapter, but I will tell you this part of it. Um, I I really had an experience like Bill Wilson, one of the founders of AA. Um, had, I really had the light change in the room and a voice come and say, it's over, it's the drinking, and it, it was really like that. Um, it, it came at the end of a pretty tough period, uh, of, of me, you know, trying every solution. I had a hit show running in New York. Um, <laughs> on the outside, people thought my life, you know, was just pretty fantastic, but I, I knew that it was, it was, you know, the inner, the inner life had pretty much played itself out. Um, and so I, I had a personal loss, um that kind of was the last straw. Um, and, and uh when my friend left after telling me this is my ex and we were friends. We were great and we're still great friends. Um but uh he came over and told me he was marrying somebody else. I mean we were separated by that time, but I think I kind of thought I had the hold button on there. Um and, and I I just was I I really, after he left, I just had this sense, and it was really one of these existential void moments that I never, ever, ever, ever want to experience again, where I I saw that he was the last person who had managed to push his way into my life, And, and I literally saw myself at the center of a total circle of isolation, um, and that feeling probably didn't last that long, but it felt like it lasted an eternity, and it was horrible. And and I don't remember saying, help me, which some people say, but uh, I do remember the void. And then um, the light changed in the room. It really changed to a bright, bright light, and I heard this voice that said, it's over, it 's the drinking now, I had gone to a meeting six months mm-hmm. earlier and heard some things that made me think oh there 's no way I can do this thing. I mean they want you to, i mean they, they were talking about things that i wasn 't even copying to myself. I was doing uh, you know uh, really, it was about uh, diet pills. I was an actress, so actresses have to be skinny skinnier than skinny, not a healthy uh, industry in that regard. <sighs> anyway, so I but I had a meeting book, so I had this meeting book stashed away in the desk drawer, and when I had this moment of clarity, and we talk about a moment of clarity, um, you know, in these uh, twelve step situations, I had it right at the beginning. That's what brought me into the program. So I went into the living room and dug out this meeting book, which I had pretended to myself I had thrown away, <laughs> um, and I pulled it out and found a, the meeting list and. Went to my first meeting the next day. So really, that's how I got into the program. I was I was hijacked by a white light. Hmm.
0: Fantastic. <laughs>
2: that's good. Yeah. It was it was a pretty fantastic experience. You know, the interesting thing, and I write about the spirituality, the wisdom of twelve step spirituality, and I've been around these uh, teachings and programs, and also studied to be a uh, a counsellor have worked in the field uh as what we call the field <laughs> uh, you know over the years have taught victimology have taught worked with families uh, of addicted people um, i I really feel like i I was kind of called to Open up the trap door at step 11 for people. So this isn't a new way of working the steps. This is, once we've worked the steps a few times, it's, you know, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand God, praying only for knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry it out. And, and that, and it kind of leaves us at that doorway. And and because when people got sober in my dad's era, they were just happy to die sober. I mean, they weren't looking at 30, 50, 60. I heard somebody at a meeting last week take take a uh, chip for 65 years of sobriety, and he was with it and very present at this meeting. So they weren't, they didn't, and he even said it. It was interesting. He said it at that meeting. You know, boy, I mean, I'm hearing people tonight with 21 years and 30 years and stuff. When I first came in, the oldest old-timer was 12 years.
3: That's right. hmm
2: So what well, we have, just like we have with the, the this new uh, older population, we have 30 more years of life, arguably, if we stay healthy and stay with it, that we never had before. It's a new developmental level. And so we have to figure out, okay, that's cool. We we seek through prayer and meditation, and then the 12th step jumps us right to having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. Well, okay, whoops, how did that happen? And how do we keep that going? Uh, When I was in New York City, I was an actress, and I was in New York City for many years. I studied with Eric Butterworth, who was kind of, you know, uh, just a master metaphysician and brilliant teacher, and thank God for that, because that opened my eyes to the fact that there was a way to really pursue these teachings, and of course, Emmett Fox is a big part of the founding of the program, uh, the spirituality of the program, I mean, his, some of his mm-hmm. teachings. So so it was very congruent, and a lot of people from the program, from many programs, were at Avery Fisher Hall on Sundays, and it fit in with actors' schedules, because we usually had a matinee on Sunday, so we'd go to Eric and then <laughs> go do our, our show but um i was fortunate enough to i'll tell you i was completely turned off to god the day before that light came into my room and the day i began this path of going to meetings and seeking out this path i was i just had a voracious appetite for spirit and that is true i mean it's really true as a whole you know so but over the years what what i Discovered, first of all, I think it was kind of like being nutritionally deprived of something, you know, they say in, in the 12-step literature that we have a God-sized hole or however you want to talk about it. There's an old Al Anon film strip I saw at a gathering in New York where Alice was in attendance, I mean Lois, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Bill Wilson's wife was in attendance and they showed this very old-fashioned film strip, um, which was slides mostly, uh, but a, a young Person on a hillside, looking up, you know, kind of lying on the on the ground, looking upward, and it said we were seeking spirits, small s, through spirits, big S. Mm-hmm. So, I, so that was for sure that was me, and I had been so. I mean, my my father, my wonderful father, died suddenly of a heart attack when I was sixteen. Within a couple of years, my stepfather uh, had a midlife crisis and left our family. And left things in great disarray. So all of this grief, 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 crisis, tragic. And I, I really, and I had been very involved in the church, et cetera, and then everything fell apart and I was in college trying to put pieces together. And, um, you know, I really, I really was mad at God. Now, I guess if you don't believe there's a God, you can't be mad at them. So, I guess I had some sense of a relationship in some kind of way, but I really was angry and don 't bring up the topic right around Janie because she 's going to not be happy to talk about this and then And then, the day after this white light experience, I was going I went back to the Presbyterian Church for about three seconds and then I started running all over New York City looking for different experiences ended up at eric at where i attended faithfully but i also really got it that i needed to have some sort of body mind spirit um healing (sighs) so i was quite the busy bee i mean i was going to zen retreats and i was going to a yoga health Retreat into you know learning about a lot of different things. And I somatized a lot of stuff. I'm a pretty kinesthetic person, so I, I really. Now, now might tell us be... what you
0: mean by that. By somatized.
2: What I mean is that is that kinesthetic means that you you, you take stuff in through your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so rather than intellectualizing experiences. Um, I I physicalize a lot of things. So I feel and you know, I'm an actor. I mean so actors have to do that. We we take in another person's psyche and uh and so that is but but I I think I might even be a little more kinesthetic than some actors. <laughs> um, and so I I began to when I right after my first ninety day uh talk, I had a terrible pur illness. I mean I call it terrible. It was a beginning of a purge a purge that went on for about a week and high fever and all kinds of stuff. Uh that I read about later in a Zen Buddhist book, and it said if you allow this to really be, you know, everything you've purged um, to to not, you're you're going to crave it all uh, when you when you're finished with this. And if you don't eat it or take it in, uh, you will be finished with it. And and so I wish I had read that before. I had already had a steak and a hot fudge sundae by then. But I I honestly quit smoking then. I mean, it took smoking completely away from me. So when I say kinesthetic, I mean really, I physicalize. I can physicalize a lot. Of these experiences, so I was in search of healing at the at the body mind spirit level intuitively from day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so anyway, but the longer I stayed sober, and I had a wonderful, wonderful counselor uh, for seven years, who was kind of a toughie. I mean, she began <laughs> she began one of the first programs in New York City. Joy Witchell was her name. She's a gest- gest- Gestalt therapist, and um, you know, she really made us, uh, I mean, those of us who stuck with her, and I'm so grateful I did, really get at the kind of the deeper work. I mean, she would go around the room and say, how many meetings do you go to? How many meetings do you go People would say dutifully, you know, seven meetings a week. She'd say, you're going to too many meetings. You don't have any life. Go to the theater. Who are your friends? Who are you? What do you do? Now, that was, you know, brand new. And frankly, even today, people don't get that. But Um, I began to experience this thing of, you know, it's all in the literature, by the way, Uh, but a lot of people don't read the literature. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it says AA is a bridge back to life. Mm -hmm. And um, I began to experience this thing that people would get on the bridge and kind of bring their sleeping, their camping gear uh, for a lifetime. And not really, you know, and make AA kind of their new not addiction. I don't like to use that because I think I think it's a safe place, and it can be a growth program. But the program itself really is about getting sober and helping other alcoholics to it. So it's about to achieve sobriety. It's about and, and whatever program you you happen to be in, and you know. Uh, uh, helping people understand the disease of alcoholism through Al-Anon, et cetera, and all of the process addictions and all of this, but so, but it, but it's not about. It's not saying, and this is your religious path or spiritual path for life. Um, it kind of presumes or assumes that people are going to go find that, and um, so. I, you know, it's not that easy. Uh, what has happened, and I, you know, have a doctorate in re, in uh, ministry, but and a masters in religion. And in that reli- religion masters, I really looked at pluralistic spiritual movements, um, in America and the Great Awakenings and the work of William James and all these. Uh, metaphysicians through the uh, dawning of the New Thought movement with Emma Curtis Hopkins and et cetera, et cetera, and of course the Fillmores, um, and and really began to look into, you know, how all this stuff came to be and is, is the 12-step model. I, I don't want to just say AA, but is the 12-step model kind of a pluralistic 20th century religion? And I would say that... It kind of meets the criteria for that, but what's happened is there's a fundamentalism that's grown up within the within the program, you know, mm-hmm. that really has nothing to do, again, with this open-mindedness and amazing wisdom that channeled through the founders. So I think, in a sense, my work has been in part to offer people options rather than getting, going into a kind of a rigid spirituality um, or a rigid pursuit of really AA as a program where, you know, you can't, you know, some of this language is awful, you know, take the cotton out of your ears and put it in your mouth. As a woman, as a woman in recovery, I never need to hear another abusive word in my life ever. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and so there have got to be ways to say and do this stuff that really suits you know, the broken hearts of so many who are there. So I, I began to, I think, teach and incorporate the steps. I mean, the steps have really, really worked for me. And and I also became a minister, had a couple of communities. My community in New York was an, an independent New Thought community. And one day, one of my very smart members said, um, you know, you can teach so many things, Um but we want to know what works for you. And I instantly said, oh, well, that that's easy. It's the 12 steps plus all of these other body, mind, spirit, metaphysical things I've done along with it. And she said, write that. We need to see it. And so that was the genesis of the book, really. But I'll tell you, it's funny because I had been drawing grids for years. I had been drawing these things. I paint also, so I, I'm pretty visual. But I, So I've been drawing in markers, you know, the 12 steps and the seven chakras. I now realize there are probably some more chakras, too, but... Um, The chakras, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, Eric Erikson's Eight Ages of Man, the Kabbalah Seferat, uh, the Chinese Meridian System. I had been drawing these things kind of next to one another because I realized, wait a minute, these are all developmental models. They're all Mm -hmm. developmental models, and they really work together. So when she asked this, I mean, I always carried around with me my... uh, my sketch pad in which I had all these things and I would go back and look at them I knew something was trying to emerge through that idea and we know this through new thought you know we plant the seed and then ah oh, those little roots are growing so you know a lot of times for quite a while before something pops up on the surface of the ground so um, yeah so so that that really became a template that I use in my book um to show a way of expanding that journey back into life through the practice of the, the 11th step in a broader way the founders said and this is so amazing they say they say to us the realm of spirit is broad roomy all inclusive never yes. ex- Exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. It is open, we believe, to all. I mean, how much more enlightened and can you get, you know? Right. So like, this is kind of a way of trying to open open another door for that. So I, I would say, just to say again, it's not a new way of practicing the steps. It's, it's, a, it's an expansion of steps 3 and 11. It's giving more options. Here, did you ever think of this? Here are some other ways. Here are the way. Muslims celebrate the spiritual path, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and, and Christians, and it's really the wisdom path and not a doctrinal path.
0: That is wonderful. Thank you. It's time for our uh, break here, so we're going to uh, take a break here in just a moment. Listeners, stay with us. Our talk today is our our topic today is the 12 step path of wisdom, and my guest is Reverend Dr. Jane Galloway, who, as you can hear, has so much life and so much joy to share with us, and really some open ideas and some deep ideas about um, living these uh, 12 steps. You can learn more about her at Jane Galloway, G A L L O W A Y dot com, and her book is The uh, Wisdom, tw- the excuse the, me, is the gateway, excuse me, the gateway, <laughs> the wisdom of 12-step spirituality, dynamic practices that work. Yeah, thank you. And so stay with us. We'll be right back here on Spirit of Recovery.
3: Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives.
1: Kintsugi is an ancient Japanese art form of fusing broken pottery pieces together by filling the cracks with gold. The resulting piece is not only restored and visually stunning, it also takes on a new life. Whatever has happened in the past, however broken we may feel, we can be whole again by filling our lives with the transformative power of God. Our experiences make us unique. The presence of God makes us whole. As Paul wrote in his letter to the Romans, be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Remember, With God, all things are possible.
3: This Mindful Moment is brought to you by Daily Word magazine. Finding time for the positive reminders in Daily Word is easy with the digital edition, perfect for smartphones and readers on the go. Take advantage of our 30-day free trial to the online magazine, plus a daily email with the Word for the Day and the Daily Word app. To sign up for a free 30-day trial, visit unityonlineradio.org slash daily word.
1: I will leave this world as it is. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, television.
0: Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. And our topic today is the 12-step path of wisdom, and we're talking about... Um, the, how the 12 steps really are a path of spiritual growth and how my guest is Reverend Dr. Jane Galloway, and she has a book out called The Gateways, The Wisdom of 12-Step Spirituality, Dynamic Practices That Work. And in that book and what she's sharing with us today is how we can incorporate all the wonderful many avenues that are available to us in 21st century spirituality that uh, that are definitely part of – that. we can use those uh, as we choose to really work these steps at depth – to build that relationship with our higher power. So before I get back to my conversation with Jane Galloway, I invite you to join me for a brief meditation, for a brief moment, the Serenity Minute, to just relax, to open your mind and your heart, make that conscious contact with your higher power as you understand your higher power. So I do invite you to relax, to feel that presence of love within you and around you to allow yourself to relax from the crown of your head and feel relaxation as it moves all the way through your body temple. And I invite you to share with me this idea, this constructive thought. I am a radiating center of divine life and loving energy. I am a radiating center of divine life and loving energy. And now, let's just take a moment in the quiet. friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute, and I trust that that was an opportunity for you to feel that life and that love that is with you and within you. And now I'm back to my conversation with Rev. Dr. Jane Galloway. Again, we're talking about her book, The Gateways, The Wisdom of Twelve step Spirituality, Dynamic Practices That Work, and all of her experiences. Uh, she is a recovering person. She's also uh, a minister. She has her doctorate in in ministry. She is an addictions educator, a recovery educator, and she is a person who's really uh, engaged in her own a recovery in, in the sense of an in-depth uh spiritual growth and she's also works with community she's the founder of tribe t-r-i-b-e transforming transformation realization inspiration belonging and expression so she's uh, got a lot to share with us so um, you again you can learn more about her and her book at jane com g-a-l-l-o-w-a-y so jane again thank you for all that you're sharing with us tell us about a little bit about your book um, in terms of you've got you've got it set up uh, so there are Gateways, and as you said, as it's related to the twelve steps, it's about kind of opening up the third step and the eleventh step, which are the ones directly involving our relationship with our higher power. So, what are your gateways?
2: Right. I think the gateway, really, the the gateway metaphor is best understood as a way of almost like a lock, you know, a lock on on a waterway where people go higher or I guess lower, um, where we're kind of it's an opening. Into another level of consciousness, a deeper level of work, the steps it, it, you know when worked, and I trust me, I have worked them all in depth um, for my own personal recovery um, when worked in depth are magnificent, and at a certain point um, the, as I was saying before there's a there's another level um you know i've been in this recovery uh recovery mode way longer than i was in any kind of active addiction i was in active addiction for 12 years and i've been in recovery for 38 years although i don't feel old enough to have actually been I there's my own internalized ageism there (laughs) i'm like what 38 years how is it possible but anyway it's true so the thing is what i see is people getting stuck stuck on the bridge and so uh, a lot of the work has to do with really helping helping this process to continue without people feeling like it's scary um, and going to compromise their recovery, because we all know that this is a life-saving path. Uh, so the gateways, the beginning of the book is divided into two sections. And first of all, it's a beautiful book. I insisted on it being visually very beautiful. You could eat this book for dessert. It's <laughs> so pretty. So I'm just telling you, you. It's a workbook. It's also something you can really enjoy. Uh, looking, looking through because actually my idea began with di- with drawings. It began with diagrams and so I wanted to be true to how the idea evolved through me. But the first part of the book is really where I talk about New thought and the 12 steps, God and the 12 steps, a country spirals into addiction, um, a spiritual hunger. I talk about the history a little bit of uh, post-World War II, how there was a whole uh, movement to separate families uh, from the extended family system where there may have been addiction and crazy stuff, and I know there was, but at least people weren't isolated on top of that. And then suddenly all of this, you know, people coming back from World War II and, You know, women were supposed to find their great uh, freedom, not in working in the defense plant anymore, but in, uh, or wherever, uh, having to contribute to the economy, but uh, going back and standing in their refrigerator with a, you know, shirtwaist dress on and pointing at their avocado refrigerator. That really doesn't make it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, a lot of these mothers were taking mother's little helpers, which were, you know, uh, either tranquilizers or a lot of diet pills and stuff and and so a whole and the fathers were doing two martini lunches or whatever and i mean not every father but certainly it was part of the culture and became part of the mythology we just saw a whole tv series about that about madison avenue so that was post world war 2 and that really set up the conditions for this huge flood of people to come into 12 step programs because i feel like people really need community we need to be connected so the first part of the book Really deals with kind of the basic questions of why a twelve-step spirituality, etc. So, in an academic sense, maybe you'd say the first part is theory and history, and the second part is praxis or practice. And um, and uh, then I, I kind of in the middle say understanding the twelve steps as spiritual practice. So it was very interesting years to me, at least years ago. I went to a wonderful. Uh, uh, week with, uh, it was called the Seed Graduate Institute, and it was uh, started, the whole idea was started by David Bohm, who was a contemporary of Einstein's, and he he saw that quantum physics and Native American spirituality were talking about the same things. And so he called together gatherings of Native medicine people and Native elders and quantum physicists, and I'm telling you, I mean, wow, you know, these were amazing um, weeks, and I went to two of them uh, <laughs> before the native elder, who really was the kind of the father of the thing, passed on. Um, but I'll tell you, I learned so much there, and I heard Amit Goswami speak at one of them. I mean, many, many wonderful a spiritual teacher spoke but he is the person he's the um quantum physicist who is on what the bleep in the film what the bleep you may know that film but anyway mm-hmm. after his talk and i was struggling with my ministry call and trying to figure out where i was going to be ordained and blah blah and i asked him i cornered him afterwards and said listen what what path do you follow and he said i the wisdom path and i said <laughs> what and he said the wisdom path and then i said oh the wisdom path and so that really began my thinking about oh me too <laughs> mm-hmm. and and then matthew fox wrote this wonderful book one river many wells in which and he said was a dominican priest you know who was very radical for the for the dominicans talking about original blessing as opposed to or along with original sin and kind of got kicked out for Daring to say that, but both of them deal with this idea that there 's a wisdom path that that runs it 's the river that runs through all great religions, so you don 't need to get hung up at you know you 're a muslim you 're a buddhist you 're a christian you 're what you know and and certainly metaphysics um, metaphysical Christianity like unity is is very much on that track I think we 're now in an interspiritual age, almost a new axial age, if you will, and the axial age was. You know, historically, a time when many new ideas were coming forth. So we've moved beyond uh, just just talking about Christianity, et cetera. So, so if we go deeper, we find oneness, and so that is really the place where I think we have unlimited access. Your beautiful meditation. I needed that serenity minute, and I think we all do. And isn't it amazing how we can have serenity in a minute of just going inside? <laughs> Mm-hmm. so, um, so I began at that point to really explore this idea, and again, the book was in gestation. I was taking notes and writing on these diagrams and et cetera, and I would say I was doing that for twenty years before finally, the moment came when I was in my New York community, and this person said, "We need you to write what works for you," and it was very clear that this book was ready to pop- this baby was ready to birth <laughs> um so it's the wisdom path, so the gateways. I, I I was trying to figure out, okay, how do I show people that I see this as a developmental- ta- uh, path i don't I don't see it that way it is one the twelve mm-hmm. step and we start you know the root chakra we talk about in the twelve step program sex security society that this is kind of the root the very beginning of steps one, two, and three um okay, so how do we illustrate that in a holistic sense so people can see how you practice that right from the beginning. So I created these kind of – the idea came – I love Japanese food, but anyway, the idea of a bento box of spiritual mind-body-spirit tools came to me. And so I created the gateways in which we have one – like for step one, for instance, you know, I, I, we, I say the step, admitted we were powerless over whatever – Uh, fill in the blank that our lives have become unmanageable so that's the essence essentially that's the essence of the step and then what we're dealing with in that in a homeopathic sense almost is is the antithesis so lack of power that was our dilemma that's what the literature tells us well power that's what we're looking at power all kinds of power you know so then I list in these gateways um, a chakra, a function, a kind of like what's the basic function of this. Uh, and for this, uh, step one, it's safety, grounding, right to live. Um, a location on the body, the base of the spine. Uh, the sacred geometric shape, upside-down triangle, the colors red, and, of course, that goes along with the first chakra, the ground chakra, root chakra. Um, a musical note that correlates with it. For this, it's, mu- it's middle C gemstone therapy red jasper the chinese meridian that correlates with this which is circulation sex and large intestines the gland is the adrenal gland and and then a ritual which is color infusion and this is all stuff that i utilized when i was in my healing process uh, so and then i talk about how that works and i talk a little bit about um i talk a little bit about the essence of the step and how to work the step again also And and then I talk about a ritual. So in in this case, it's really putting a stone with a red property or a blue property, depending on what you're healing, into a glass of water and putting it on the windowsill and letting the property of that color on that stone infuse its uh, healing powers into that water and then drinking the water. And that was a healing uh, that was given to me when I was quite ill early in my sobriety. So, I mean... You know, there there can be things like that or just whatever the ritual is. Walking meditations are part of it, you know, each step. So I go through each one of the 12 steps, and I call them gateways because they compose an entire opening at the level of body, mind, spirit. And each one has this, uh, you know, all of these different elements in it, of the chakra, the et cetera, et cetera. So... They're very juicy. There's a lot of information in each gateway, and you can work them as you're working the steps. um, You know, it's very freeing to be able to say, wait, let me expand into this idea, you know, Um, and then how to continue with steps 11, 12, I mean 10, 11, and 12, which are the daily maintenance steps. You know, how do we go deeper, deeper, deeper in that spiral way, uh, that spiral way of growth uh, utilizing those steps. Then... I do I I was working as a recovery counselor uh at one point years ago. So I did put together a twelve week model for that program. So I, I, I you know, I tweaked it but I had it still. I tweaked it and thought this would be helpful to someone who's in a recovery uh center or even a sober living. So putting it together a twelve week model and I show how to do just a simple service or a process and some potential themes that's a two-page thing then i say i love this (laughs) preceding this bento box of mind body spirit tools that i offer i quote yogananda one of my favorite teachers over the years and he says pick a path any path and go deeper and go deeper, and it's the going deeper. As a minister, you know, uh, one of the more maddening things is church hopping. People say, oh, well, I got the great thing there, and now we we, we always, people resist going deeper. So pick a path, any path, and stay put and go deeper. And that's, you know, there is pain involved in confronting things, but in community, all things are possible. These steps are miracles. These twelve steps are a channeled miracle, pure and simply, right? They, then, they really are. Yes. They, they so just what happens? Really are. And so I, what I happens people for say, people when
0: they when they do this when they use uh, the when they work the steps like this and open up and and use some tools that you've got in there? What happens to them in their lives?
2: Well, uh, what what I have found is that it's just beginning. The the book was just published in September, but I've used this with people I've sponsored and certainly with members of my congregations for years. What they begin to do is open up to different levels of aliveness in in an embodied spirituality. So it's not an intellectual process. It's not a doctrinaire process. It's not a self-punitive process. Something about the language, and I reframe the language in the book. I don't critique um, the original language, but I do shift it. Rather than talking about defects of character, you know, (laughs) I I learned about resiliencies the amazing resilient self of people who grow up in in, uh, compromised uh, families, addicted families, etc., The fact that we are screwed up goes without saying in certain ways. But the exciting stuff of strength-based work, strength-based social work, strength-based therapy, is that we develop skills nobody else develops because we have to, but we develop resiliencies. Um, so so humor and the ability to, uh, you know, understand new situations and deal with people. There's a wonderful book called The Resilient Self by a couple of uh, psychiatrists, the Wolans, uh, who talk just about that. So, so I really kind of try to reframe some of the, the, the work on the steps rather than a thing of beating oneself up. In my experience, especially when women come in or sometimes marginalized folk who can be, you know, uh, many different people in our culture. Um, mm-hmm. You know, th- th- this whole thing of ego reduction, okay, it's important. It's important. Uh, that's what the traditions are about in many ways, and staying right-sized and learning about humility, not humiliation, but humility. But really, honestly, I, I-, I also think women need to kind of, like, there are a lot of women who are just barely crawling in, to the doorway of any of these 12-step programs in, in uh, despair uh, and really don't need to be yelled at to reduce their ego.
3: <laughs> right. Uh, yeah.
2: You know, and so I kind of reframe some of that stuff. So, you know, and then I give uh, uh, tools for you For your transcultural interspiritual bento box, and then I tell people, I show you know how you can use uh, different essential oils and a yoga pose for the root chakra for each one of the chakras um, I, I show many, many different uh spiritual now remember we 're talking about spirituality and not religion here, so many different spiritual practices and tools uh, from the Jesus path, Hindu four ways to God. Ten Sacred Laws of Native American Spirituality, Ten Words or Commandments of the Torah, uh, which we know as the Ten Commandments, Eightfold Path of Buddhism, Five Pillars of Islam, to show people the oneness potential of, of practicing, pick a path, any path, and go deeper. And then when you're practicing this with the object being oneness, as opposed to the object being separateness, miracles happen. One other thing I did want to share with you, because this is Unity Radio, and Unity opened my eyes, my heart continues to, um, on so many levels, uh, really, I think I honestly got this whole idea of even drawing these uh, diagrams from Eric Butterworth, and and I didn't realize it until I was well into the book. Um, One Sunday, and Eric was square. I mean, he was really a square kind of guy. He wasn't sort of, you know, a hippie in any way.
0: No, he (laughs) wasn't. He was a unity minister for people that don't know, and he's written many books that are wonderful published yeah uh, spiritual unity.
2: economics and very, yeah and the the power within and all the, yeah he he, when he was he was a unity minister and you know very much a kind of a midwestern uh, you know p- suit and tie and and just brilliant and a very subtle sense of humor um, so. One week, here is this guy who is not, you know, he's not Timothy Leary, the the guru of LSD. He was talking, though, about the experiments um, through hallucinogenic drugs, about the insights one has on those. And, uh, at, you know, that was something that I was very curious about because I had experienced that as a very positive thing. Um, at, at some and didn't know how to integrate really the experience. And he spoke to this. He said, "You know, it's not that the experiences you have of enlightenment or awareness on some sort in some sort of hallucinogenic kind of situation are not real; they are. It's just that when you come down from that, you're kind of looking up there with no way to get back there. You don't know how you got there. That's right. And he said, prayer and meditation." and then he showed, you know, like his fingers climbing a ladder, prayer and meditation create a ladder to higher consciousness. And honestly, yeah. I think that's the foundation of why I uh, why I started thinking about this work in that way. So it's kind of a highway a, a ladder to heaven, a stairway. It's a it's a ladder to higher consciousness. And it's the steps, they're amazing. So I really don't want people to throw away the steps. I want them to actually get into how to utilize and work the amazing depth teachings that are present in the steps um, in a way that, uh, isn't, that doesn't just turn into some sort of fundamentalist religious interpretation of this because that really, what, A, wasn't the intention of the founders. I mean, they were shocked that they were able to stay sober. And they knew that it was some amazing miracle of the infu- uh, the presence of a spiritual life, uh, the spiritual force in their lives that made that possible. <sighs> but they, um, you know, they didn't have a lot of analysis about what came next. And I'm really interested in what came next. I see a lot of stuck people with long-term quote recovery, and that's not recovery. That is kind of hanging out in the you know the waiting room of the chemotherapy. <laughs> delivery system i mean you know how to get into a full life and have something to really back you up and and undergird you so that's really so each one of the gateways provides those uh potentials i've seen people work through one gateway i'm thinking of of gateway two which deals with the second chakra and with the color orange and so I remember working this with a group of women. We had oranges in a bowl and orange essence sprayed in the room. You know really surrounding ourselves with the body mind spirit elements of that um, of that level of generativity eric erickson 's generativity that 's the stage that has to do with so you can either have children or uh, birth a big idea or whatever that there 's a lot going on at the second chakra. And I, I, this, the practice of that particular one, um, I've seen be very powerful for people. And so, you know, it, it's how do we practice these things? You just did a meditation earlier. Um, I think it softens and opens a less judgment, self-condemnatory, a less self-deprecating path um, into a beautiful spiritual open highway, like the like the founders t- talked to us about. Because that realm of spirit, being broad, roomy, and all inclusive, is the antithesis of um, fundamentalism. So Absolutely. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to oppose anything. I agree with you the, totally that there is more to recovery than just uh, stopping whatever the obsession is or the substance is. Um, so you know, now what? Now what? right. So we're these at the are end of
0: that and they're wonderful, really. And we're at the end of our time here. But I really want to thank you, Jane. It's beautiful. I love what you're doing. It's it's true. You're you're opening out space. I I believe, as the founders of AA, who I think understood all of this as a complete gift. I don't think they took any credit for it. And, and at the personality level, and mm-hmm. and uh, I think they're cheering. That's what I think right now. Good. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so.
2: So thank you. This is great. I'm certainly hearing them.
0: Yeah. So again, my guest is uh, Reverend Dr. Jane Galloway. And uh, you can look her her name up there on the uh, Internet and find out about her, jangalloway.com. So uh, again, Jane, thank you for being with me today. And thanks for the work you're doing. Thanks for your book and, and for all you shared. And listeners, thank you for being with us today. You have a wonderful week and expand your life. And we'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery.
3: The more we learn about life, the more we realize life never stands still. Life is in a constant state of growth and change. In our individual lives, we may resent change or even resist it. We often forget that our resistance doesn't stop life from changing. Our resistance keeps us locked into a negative mindset and blocks our acceptance and enjoyment of life's constant diversity and variety. Learn to recognize change as a stepping stone to greater growth and good. Meet life's changing conditions with courage and optimism. Changing your thoughts helps you change your actions and can result in positive changes in you and the world around you. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org.
1: Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio.